Hello, it's nice to have you here. I am the salaried partner. I'm a litigator in an Amlaw 100 firm on the East Coast. I'm a partner in Big Law, been that for about a decade. I began practicing when the dot-com bubble burst. Uh, this podcast isn't about the law. It's not really about the practice of law or the business of law. But the podcast is about my experiences from a career in Big Law. I've worked with great clients, great lawyers, great law firms. I've also worked with terrible versions of all of those. Currently, I work at a great firm, and I enjoy my position at that firm. I am trying to change that position, uh, but I am in a good situation right now, and I hope you are as well. But as I said, I've had different experiences over my career, and even though I'm at a great firm now that I appreciate and I enjoy, that was not always the case. I was cut out of a preferred path at a firm where that firm decided to support another attorney who had broken codes of conduct and even broken the law. I'll explain that experience and describe that experience in detail in a couple of episodes. Um, I have other episodes where I will talk about the toxic environment of a particular firm environment. That's going to take several episodes. I'm approaching this a little bit as a mentor. I've had great mentors outside and inside law. I've served as a mentor outside and inside law. But it's more than me thinking that I'm a mentor to the listeners. I plan to tell stories over all of these episodes that I would have wanted to hear earlier in my career, even as recently as about three years ago. I hope each episode is helpful to someone. I hope each one is interesting. I know some of them will not paint me in a good light. I know others will not paint friends and colleagues in good light. Some of the episodes, a lot of what I will say, it will be judgmental. And that's true here. So by way of introduction, that's who I am. I'm also somebody that likes to field questions about my experiences in big law and mentor people on the path that they choose in private practice, even if that includes leaving private practice. So to that end, send me an email. You can reach me at thesalarypartner at gmail.com. I'll do my best to include answers to your questions or addressing the issues that you raise in those emails in episodes. So let's get started. When I started my legal career, salary partner wasn't even a position. I had never even heard that term during law school. I also didn't hear that term the first few years of, of practicing, either from my fellow associates at my firm, other firms, uh, or the, the leadership and partners in my firm and other firms. So I wanted to be a partner. I wanted to be an equity partner. That's the only type of partner that I knew back then. So even after the position became a thing, it became a stepping stone for me and my colleagues. Almost no one said that that's what they wanted to be. All of us, with one exception that I remember, wanted to stay in private practice and big law. We wanted to be equity partners. And at the time we joined in the first five, six years of our practice, after about eight years, you had passed through all the gatekeeping functions of the partnership. And those that didn't pass and enter the partnership, they were placed at clients. Or you took a lap and you entered the partnership the next year. So it was eight, maybe nine years to partnership, but it was equity partnerships. Our friends that had graduated just a couple of years ahead of us in the late 90s, 
when they got promoted to partner, they were instantly equity members of our firms. But big law partners are smart. They know what they're doing. They realize that keeping associates on salary, instead of giving them fractions of a percent of the process, or profits, allowed them to keep hundreds of thousands, millions of dollars in profits. So the transition began with fewer and fewer associates being promoted directly into the partnership and the salaried partner position was born. So across big law, I would guess that around 2005, about 80% of people that were promoted to partnership went straight into equity. <clears throat> the few not promoted took a lap, as I said. They might have been named counsel or they were placed at clients. Over the next few years, more started taking laps. The laps started getting longer. But then Big Law formally introduced that step as a requirement, unless there was something absolutely outstanding, like you landed a million-dollar client. They required you to go through the salary ranks first. But again, it was temporary at first. The shift of attorneys into the salary partner role didn't just delay attorneys being promoted to equity. The firms told themselves and their salaried lawyers that some of the salary partners wanted to be in that role. Maybe some did, but everyone that I talked to about the step of salary partner wasn't happy because big law had moved the target in the years since we had joined the firm and in the years since we had been mid-level associates. I remember my classmates and I were openly surprised in 2008 when one of us said that they wanted to be a salary partner. They said there was no responsibility for generating business. There was less responsibility about the general day-to-day -day mentoring across the firm. There was less management of larger matters, less management of clients. That person was the first self-selected service partner I have ever met. And that person is still one of the very few that I know. The rest of us at that time wanted equity and understood what we were told was required to get there. And we were willing to do that. We were interested in doing that. But since the old guard made the rules, they could move the target, so they did. We, did, of course, didn't have a say in the matter, but that's just the way it works. We made the choice to stay. But it makes sense why they moved that target, because a few things happened between 2000 and 2010. Big Law raised salaries after 2000. Tech, mainly because of the dot-com uh, world, really stretching its legs. It was the goose laying the golden eggs. Big Law had to keep associates from jumping to tech directly or jumping to Wall Street. But as I mentioned, that dot-com bubble burst. I remember that well because it was the beginning of my legal career. So through 2000, the late 90s, early 2000s, until that bubble burst, a lot of firms have been hiring more associates than ever before. But over 18 months, some of the work that the firms had expected their young associates to handle when they graduated from law school, it just ended or at the very least, dried up partially. And when the work decreases, those with control pull it up. So the equity partners were pulling it up from the associates. The senior associates were pulling it up from the junior associates and so on. So the junior associates were the ones with a lot less work than they had expected. And the firms saw that. And the firms were bringing in less money because of that. So more associates were transitioned into other roles. Firms were deferring start dates placing their first-year associates at clients, moving junior and mid-level associates up the ladder more slowly, 
delaying advancement of senior associates to partner. And this all occurred over a handful of years. But by the late 2000s, when big law and Wall Street was booming again, senior big law partners had no incentive to retire. They realized they could still delay advancement of attorneys to partners from the associate ranks, at least into the equity ranks. But giving big bonuses and raising compensation to the associates would keep most associates happy. Even if the partnership was delayed a year or two, even if equity was delayed a year or two, but the delay to equity became indefinite for many of us and many partners became service partners. Even through the downturn from 2008 to 2012, having a really good job as a senior associate or a junior partner in big law was a good thing. It was a safe environment. It was financially secure and there was still work there in many, many practices. And as partners became service partners, they benefited from very good pay, predictable practices, but they weren't really partners. They were servicing other partners' clients. They were paid a salary. They were employees, just like associates. Now, salary partners often end up in the role of, as equity partners. They do make it to the equity ranks, managing matters, managing junior lawyers, managing clients even managing a book of business or a part of a book of business. But if they're not making it rain by expanding that book or the partner, the senior partner isn't retiring, the firm knows it has to keep the rainmaker happy above all else. And the partners managing everything may get stuck in the salaried ranks. And the firms know that they can't port what isn't theirs. So they just have to keep the salaried partners and the service partners happy with compensation. So those salaried partners are stuck. They just can't leave for another firm until they're in a position where they have enough rain to take with them. But if the firm is run well and the salaried partners are paid well enough and they enjoy the work and their colleagues and they enjoy the day-to-day -day enough to keep doing that work, even without equity, there can be fairness. Now, we know equity and fairness are not exactly the same. They can have similar meanings, but they're not the same. The salaried partners, if they're happy, they're happy employees. They're not true partners. So there's been a lot written about the fact that the law firm model is dead. There are now ranks and ranks and ranks of salaried partners. They just have more responsibilities than the associates do. They have more experience and they get more pay. But as I said, many of us, when we entered big law, thinking we wanted to be partners in the early 2000s, that was the target. That still may be the target for many of us. We just didn't realize that there'd be this band of salary partner in between because it didn't exist when we got started. And when it was a short step, it's now become a long step. It could be 10 years. It could be the rest of your career. But even though big law moved the target and it took while, years for it to settle, it seems to have settled. Many firms are open about the requirements to pass those steps. <clears throat> so if you're looking into big law or you're in big law, and I say this mostly to the mid to senior level associates and the council and the newly minted salaried partners, find out what the steps are for you at your firm and watch for a moving target. I hope whatever position you're in, that your firm is open with you about the target, about the steps you have to take.
and that you're happy with the path ahead, but also happy with your current situation and aware of why you're happy. Because if you're not happy with the path ahead or the current situation, I really hope you can find out why and find out if you can change any of the why. So the next time, with the next episode, I'll get into some specifics about how civil litigation is often not civil. And I'll give you my opinion on why salaried partners are often the reason why it's no longer civil at times. So until the next episode, so long. Don't let self-doubt interfere with plans to improve your life.